Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan from United Q. It's Wednesday, which means we have another awesome podcast to get you over hub day. I'm here with my co-host, Barbecue Forte. Hello. And we are brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, and Smoke with Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pit masters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you think about buying your first smoker or looking to upgrade or even looking to pick up some epic accessories, check them out over at maxbarbecue.com. Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top-notch, top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. So You've jazzed it up. let's just move on to charcoal layouts. Yeah. So... There's a few things to sort of take on board mm. when you start properly barbecuing, mm-hmm. I would say. I'd say that comfortably there. Uh, big difference. There's a few things to to think about here. You have... These are things that take you from your average just I'm a home grilling. barbecue yeah. griller to an gorilla. elite pit master. <laughs> yeah. This is what's going to make you level yeah, these, up Yeah, these life. are the things for you to really really learn and and should we start off well let's just start off with two zone cooking so your two zone cooking is uh a hot area and a cold and a cold cool area mm-hmm. as such so your hot area will be sort of directly over charcoal and so you what you do is you you position charcoal to sort of one side of the basket and and then you you can have a hotter temperature directly over it and you have a sort of a cooler temperature away from it sort of a less direct heat where you could sort of roast items and stuff like that obviously if you close the lid then what you then get is a sort of oven sort of style mm. you create an oven in there and you can roast stuff and all the rest of it uh but also without the without the lid on you can actually two zone you can use the cooler area to to cook stuff so basically if something's becoming a little bit more done you move it to the the le- the cooler area mm-hmm. you, you can cook stuff like edge it closer and use the radiant heat from the hot area to cook stuff. Uh, there's plenty of options there. So like, yeah, two zone cooking. Yeah. So that gives you the ability to have direct and indirect cooking. Yep. And then moving on slightly, you have the just the term there, indirect and direct. Mm. So you can actually... <coughs> a great way to describe this is in the drum smokers and in the bullet smokers. You've got the water pan or the deflect or the deflector sheet, mm-hmm. and in the ceramic as well, you have a yeah, and in the ceramic you have a deflector plate. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, what that does is that is directly in between the food and the heat source, which then creates an indirect heat source. Mm-hmm. So that that that's that there. Mm-hmm. And also direct cooking is like your standard grilling. But also there's two types of that. So you can have like sort of long distance direct mm-hmm. and sort of close direct or even very, very close and go caveman oh, dirty. dirty. Uh, and a great way of doing that is is like you've got the, the different shelves in the in the Pro-Q or, mm-hmm. or in the WSM and, and in the... Do you have shelves in the ceramics? 
Um, yeah, if you buy you it, do, don't you can you? buy like, yeah. a grill extender yeah, so you so can add it up higher. So again, like you can d- you can still direct grill, so there's nothing in between, but you could have it up higher, so it still takes a little bit, it still cooks it a little bit slower than what it would lower down, mm. or it protects it from burning, or whatever else there is there. Uh, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So when when you're using, say you're using like a Weber kettle, other kettles are available, but like there's, there's a few different methods for achieving like low and slow long cooks so like stuff like doing like the ring of fire where you can kind of put all your coals around the outside of it in a circle and like just that allows you to give it like the radiant heat coming from all the way around so if you had like a chicken say right in the middle yeah, then you'll have heat heating it from all the way around yeah definitely that's what i would use for like the pineapple upside down cake. you actually wrote a really really nice piece on this it's mm. in the uh the uk barbecue mag yeah yeah uh, definitely subscribe to that if you haven't got it yet. yeah check that out there's there's actually a review on charcoals and stuff actually the mm. most recent one and and you've done like a, a charcoal layouts piece yeah. on there so check that out that, that actually has uh descriptions and diagrams of what what uh barbecue forte is talking about now mm. but then you have the snake method yeah and that's what i would when i was into my low and slow in the in the Weber kettle, yeah, I would always use the snake method. That was what. I and did. Again, like when you get to know your grill, like the size of it and stuff like that, you'll know how many you build your snake up with. But like typical, like starting at around three mm-hmm. to four to five, like depending on how big your unit is, you set up a snake, which is charcoal running around, like it's like the same as the ring of fire. So it runs around the outside, yeah. But you you don't join up. You leave a gap. So. Yeah. You could take it right the way up and around and just leave a small gap and that will give you a longer cook, obviously, or like you could just do half the way around or whatever you choose to do. That is your timing and the amount of coals you use to build up your snake is your heat. Mm-hmm. And then you light up a a little a little selection. So say you're yeah. using three or four or five in your snake, you light that many up, so just a handful of charcoal, light it up and then add it to one end of the snake and then it burns nice and slowly around yeah. And it's sort of like, like a, a domino effect, like a domino effect, outside. or like uh, when you light a stick of dynamite. You, what's it like? The I mean, you see it like burning down the yeah. the stick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's sort of like that. Or then you've got the the minion method. Yeah. Which is the one you'd go for the majority of the time using yeah a pro key. That's all I use now. Mm. My bullet smoker is the minion method, mm. uh, and again, I just control it by the amount of coals I use mm. in the pot and the amount of coals I light to yeah. light it up and what the menu method is is a big pile of charcoal mm-hmm. uh, some people would like dig out a little hole in the middle some yeah. people don't some people like pour it in if you had like a bean can you put it yeah. in the middle and pour it all in around it and then take that out and it gives you like a nice yeah. gap in the middle again another thing for you to do would be to, for instance is to put your chimney starter in your uh, charcoal basket pour charcoal around your chimney starter Mm-hmm. then pour the charcoal you're going to light inside the chimney starter light that up and then that actually when you lift it out to pour it in it leaves that nice little hole there for mm-hmm. you to pour the lit charcoal in or you can just pour it directly on top up yeah. to you <laughs> i mean uh loads of people there's different theories behind it all and people say this way is better that way is better we're not here to dictate that we're just here to suggest another method that's what i do with the bullet smokers and that's what i would suggest you do too mm-hmm. okay definitely so where we headed next my friend I guess like it's the thing that's key that we've found because we were talking about this quite a bit earlier on that we found that was key to us becoming like the next level barbecuers was cooking to temperatures and the use of thermometers and I think that's the kind of when you first start out with barbecue you just 
cooking sausages and burgers and you kind of know when they're cooked just by looking at them but when you're moving on to these big lumps of meat which you're wanting to cook for hours and hours like it's not the sort of thing you can no and i'm actually just going to pause there because i think a lot of the problem actually comes with sausages and burgers and stuff like that is when people were like oh are the sausages cooked am i gonna get food poisoning mm. oh. yes, whereas cooked <laughs> actually with a digital thermometer you mm. can put it in there yeah i wouldn't say you always have to or whatever <coughs> but say you want a bit of confidence and you want to have a very nice, succulent, juicy sausage. You don't want to overdo it. <laughs> Stick a digital probe in. See what temperature it's at. Mm-hmm. Shut the guests up. Mm-hmm. Eat it. It's not burnt. I think that's Simple. probably the, like, the reason why we have got so many burnt sausages as the stereotypical barbecue. Yeah. And it is, uh, is it cooked yet? Is it, is it cooked, cooked yet? Or I'll just keep cooking it. Yeah, and then you end burnt. up with like a, <laughs> I don't know, like a stick. Yeah. A rock solid. Like how many barbecues you've been to, then that's what you've been served. Yeah. Hell no! Not, <laughs> Not here. anymore. Yeah, so We've yeah. got thermometers now. And like you're saying, especially when you start moving on to like your big hunks, and, oh, that's me, Ooh. sorry, your big chunks of meat, uh, <laughs> you start needing thermometers. Yeah. And you have different, different types ways, of yeah. thermometers. Mm-hmm. There's sort of like your standard that you were seeing in a kitchen, which is like your leave-in, the ones you shove mm-hmm. into the meat, mm-hmm. and you can leave in there during the cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only problem with those is we like to say when you put something on leave it be don't don't like peek and don't open the lid don't fiddle Lose don't all fiddle your temperature and poke. all the time every time you open your lid on a long cook you, you they say you lose half an hour cooking time mm. so so yeah you don't want to be doing that so yeah you can use them mm. and if you don't want to fork out for a, a digital one now i would advise you to but if you don't want to that's fine but a digital one allows you to keep the lid shut and uh, on the Pro-Q, for instance, there's little holes for you to put the uh, digital probes through. Mm-hmm. And and then you don't need to open up. You've got the uh, th- you've got the temperature displayed outside of the barbecue. And actually on like the Maverick 733, for instance, it wirelessly transmits it to my kitchen where I have the other side set up. And I can sit on my sofa, watch the TV with a cup of coffee and see the temperature of my meat and of my grill. Yeah, as I say, because you can then have two probes then, can't you? So you can have one on the grill, one in the meat, and allows you to track both of those. You can see whether you can set like alarms on it if you want to get that yep. jazzy and yep. you can have it alert you when it's dropping temperatures so you can get out there and do some work mm-hmm. or wake you up in the middle of the night so you can go out there again. Yeah. And like there's there's lid thermometers. A lot of mm-hmm. the units you'll buy from anyone will have a lid thermometer. Mm-hmm. Some are a lot more accurate than others. I know like the the uh the big Joe, the Joe, mm. not the big Joe, the Kamado Joe. The Kamado Joe. I know that they're, they're they very, very accurate. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, mine's really good. I've like measured that against the Maverick, and they're yeah. dead on. Yeah, and they and they are very responsive as well. Mm. But just something to bear in mind is is that the, a lot of lid thermometers don't tend to be very responsive, and yeah, don't always uh, rely on it. Don't always rely on it. I would go digital. I mm. would go digital personally, uh, but that that is up to you. And also, you've got your handheld ones, so like mm. your Thermapen. Thermapen. Yeah. Uh, there are other ones available, and there are other great ones, but Thermapen we has... Them. We both use Thermapen. Mm. I have the Mark IV because I'm better, which is the new one out. I'm very uh, jealous because it flips upside down. Yeah, it rotates around like, like accelerometer in it or something. Yeah, so, so, uh, so I've got that anyway, but it, it's almost an instant read. It oh, tells you something very quickly. Something I could quickly. tell you, actually. Because oh, we, when we were using it the other day, remember we had it, it was in... C and we oh, wanted it in Fahrenheit, didn't yep. we? And we were like, "Oh, quick, let's just use something else." 
I found if you open up the battery compartment, it's got some little tabs inside and read the instructions because they all do different things. But one of them switches over and you can okay. then switch it into... Was that the time when you were trying to steal mine? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've got those as well. So say you don't have a thermometer in your in your uh, hunk of... Sorry, I said it again. Stop your chunk. <laughs> I'm looking at myself in the reflection. Sorry. Uh, yeah, put it into your chunk Lump. of meat, and uh, <laughs> and you could you could tell the temperature. Or another thing you could do, say for instance, you got your thermometer smack bam in the biggest part, and you want to test a few other little areas. I tend to use my thermopen just to have a little prod around and and just test the sort of average across the across mm. the cut. Yeah, don't always take. I've had that exact thing last week. I had a big beef. Top, was it top rump? I think I was cooking last weekend and rumpy, rumpy, and had the probe in one end of it. It's quite long, so it didn't reach all the way down. And before it was, before it was cooked, but then uh-huh. one end was, one end wasn't. So oh. that was a bit jazzy. That sounds a bit jazzy. Yeah, but yeah, you can uh, prod around with your thermo pen, and that will uh, mm-hmm. give you an accurate reading from across the meat, rather than just in sort of like the the. Obviously, if your biggest, thickest part's done, then usually the rest of it is done. But sometimes you can have a few jazzy things in there that uh, throw you off. Mm. Uh, so next on our fantastic guide to starters barbecue. It's mm. getting into the sort of world of rubs and sauces oh, and stuff. Let's talk rub. Mm. My advice here would be barbecue gourmet. Head on over, guys. Search Barbecue Gourmet on the internet. Uh, and what they have is they have a collection of championship-winning rubs. Mm. They are a sponsor, but they do have the all the all the sort of rubs that are winning in these US competitions. I'm so glad we found them, to be honest, because I was like, I really wanted rubs that I was seeing in the US, mm-hmm. and I was contacting those companies direct saying, "Can I get some?" And yeah. the postage, import, everything like that was just ridiculous. Yeah, so they do all that for you. They, yeah. They're bringing us all the rubs in and they're distributing them to the UK and Europe. Yeah, and just pay, like paying normal UK yeah. prices for stuff. So yeah, they're doing a fantastic so job, guys. And they're all, all the ones that are winning in the US and around the world. Yeah, they're winning barbecue there. competitions, guys. So, yeah. I mean, they've got to be good bits of, uh, mm. of kit. I, uh, got, I got three of them delivered last week and been playing with them over the weekend. I used all three, actually. In my, I used the uh, OBQ's heat, sweet and heat, heat and sweet. Mm-hmm. Can't remember which way around it is now. Just talked about it so many times, but it's slash Jackie Waite recommended it to me, and I saw it on there and had to order it, and I've used that this yeah. weekend. Yep, and used but the classic butt rub. Butt rub. Yep, and also that um, which is great with any pork product. Mm. And the basically dizzy pig. Dizzy pig, pineapple, something or other. Pineapple head? Pineapple head, that's it, yeah. Yeah. I used it on top of a um, apple cake that I made. Instead of putting like brown sugar on top, I sprinkled that all over the top of it. How's that? Lush. So I know you're looking forward to using that yeah, pineapple I forgot to head. bring you in the cake, actually. I yeah, brought you in some sausage rolls. But really rubbish that. barbecue Monday. He didn't bring me in anything. Wow. Well, yeah, no, he did. He right, let's take in. this back. <laughs> what did you bring me in? Ooh. Ooh. This Ooh. is awkward. Ooh. What did I bring you? Three different sausage rolls. Yeah, he did. He did. I have to admit it, he did. Uh, right, mm. moving back to the important things. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I would I would definitely advise you to buy a rub, a commercial rub, first of all. Uh, test a few out. See what flavors you like. And then start experimenting with... Uh, then, you, then you sort of know what you like and what you don't like. Maybe start adding a few bits and pieces. Uh, experiment. And then sort of move on to maybe making some of your own rubs as well. Uh, 
I mean, yeah, it's very easy for me to say, just make your own rubs. But where do you start? Mm. Uh, how do you experience some of the flavorings that, that aren't available very easily here? Uh, how do you get the quantities right and the sort of the matrix of putting it together right? It's a lot of different variables, and and yeah, okay, you could just go away and make it now yourself. Mm. But I would, I do enjoy making it myself. Yeah. It's a good experience as well. It's part of it, I think, isn't it? Of learning about definitely, definitely. the different flavours. But it always comes down to like quality stuff as well, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. When it comes down to like paprika is like one of the key ingredients in a lot of the dishes. You need to make sure you're getting a good quality one because mm-hmm. you can really, really taste the difference. Oh, hugely. And again, like just quantities, a tiny little bit of good quality paprika mm. uh, can massively change a dish compared to like you could use like a tablespoon of like some of the supermarket stuff and and like barely even know it's there Mm. so yeah the the quality of stuff really really makes difference and and again like like i said there for instance if you're used to using like a tablespoon of standard sainsbury's sorry uh, any supermarket (laughs) rub there you could uh and then go ahead and buy a really good one and put a tablespoon in it will just kill everything so just be careful guys experiment with quality uh quantities and stuff like that Mm -hmm. that's why i'd say to sort of get a uh, commercial one first of all because it gives you an idea of of what you like and what you don't like what you how to balance things proper properly but yeah anyway it's up to mm. you guys uh supermarkets are even selling like some mm. rubs and sauces as well now yeah got some red sauces oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i really like those asda asda are knocking reds out mm. and sainsbury's oh. as well <laughs> yep sainsbury's as well yeah. and they got the sauces as well don't they yeah cool there's loads and, and that's another thing yeah sorry uh Barbecue gourmet sell loads and loads mm. of awesome sauces, so check awesome those out. Sauce. Awesome sauces, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so do the, so the supermarket selling a few now. Mm. I mean, you yeah, can like get the South Carolina much. mustard and that from oh, yeah. Reds. It's like one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. Started making it myself now because I was buying it too often, but it's so good. Yeah, I think we've sort of covered that there. What what mm. we what's what's next on the barbecue uh, list? I'd like to just touch on the fact that I was quite into buying quite a few different books when I first started out and some were really, really good mm. and some are still on the shelf. <laughs> Ooh, but can we... Can not going to name the ones still oh. on the shelf. It's unfair. But you can imagine if you just go into like a random bookstore and there's a 50 things you can cook on a barbecue from someone you've never heard of before, it's probably not the best book in the world. Some of it didn't even look like it ever touched a barbecue. I think in those books, but but where my f- my favourite book that's got me like really into barbecue, I guess, is going to be Red's, the Meat Bible. It's awesome. It's got so many good recipes in it. It's just almost like every page is something you'd want to cook. I love that book. That's really good. Um, then I really really enjoyed that Ginger Pig book as well. I've I've still I'm still reading it, but I've still never like got to the recipes part of it. I'm just like <laughs> so into the butchery part at the beginning and learning about the different breeds of the cattle and different cuts of meat and stuff. And I think if you want to learn more about that side of things, it's a really, really good book for like the kind of ins and outs of like yeah. what makes a good animal and which breeds have come together to form the perfect meat. Aaron Franklin's is very similar to that, and uh, it's like a great story to read. Actually, you mm. read it, and it's like his it's like the meat how manifesto. Yeah, the meat manifesto. Yeah. yeah, he starts off like talking about how he <coughs> grew up in a barbecue sort of restaurant environment with his parents, mm-hmm. and he tells us a bit of a story, and then he talks about the different types of smokers, gives you a bit of an education, 
and then moves on to some recipes later on. But it's it's not your standard recipe book. It's a little bit different, mm-hmm. but it's a really really good one. Yeah. And uh, Grillstock have literally just released one. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yep. I've had a. I actually genuinely haven't had enough time. I'm no. just going to tell you. Actually, it was released this week. So so whenever we choose to release this, we haven't had a chance. Probably had a look yet. It's uh, flicked through and it looks yeah. awesome. I like, can't wait. We both had it on pre-order. There so on one of my favourites, I think. Yeah, but and there's it's early. There's a few guest appearances from some of the people that we know and, and yeah. in the involved in the barbecue community, and and it's really great to see that. And 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 yeah, that looks like it's a really great book. Yeah. From flicking through, there looks to be some awesome recipes to try. So yeah, that's another great one I'd say to check it's out. Probably going to be heading towards my favourites. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would like to just sort of maybe mention Ben Tish's here one yeah. second because oh, yeah. it puts another spin on things for me and and we're always looking at barbecue from a different perspective me and you in the fact that yeah we absolutely love low and slow American US style barbecue but at the same time we are trying to always identify British barbecue in itself and promote using British products and produce and and also uh, what Ben actually does is, is he, he puts the brings the sort of spin of the Mediterranean sort of Italian and Spanish feel mm. uh, to his cooking, mm-hmm. and and that's something that actually that that I really really like. And Richard Holden actually in a few of his recipes he brings a real sort of English vibe to his recipes. Uh, yeah, so there's there's really great to throw them into the mix there. I just think the, probably the last tip I guess after you've you've got a few good books there because well, there's a lots of recipes online, but. I think when it comes down to these books we've mentioned now, these are like real tried and tested recipes, and I've I found quite a few online ones which don't turn out as well as you first think. But there are millions of good websites out there and great videos on YouTube and stuff to watch. Like the is it the Barbecue Pit Boys? Their videos are like yeah. real funny to watch, <coughs> and I've cooked some awesome stuff from them before. They've done their like beer can burgers and stuff like that. They had a real big following of people trying out d- all different things and that. Do you see, I saw over the weekend, actually, st- I don't know if I shared it with you, Stephen Reichlin did like a pork, like breakfast burger. Did you see it? it was like yeah, I did, with yeah. With egg in it. Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I wanted to try that. I didn't, I thought about it after I'd just made all those sausage rolls of all that pork, that sausage meat, I could have made some of those. And <coughs> I was like, oh, yeah, you do damn. Like, yeah. One thing we've sort of brushed over completely here, and I'm going to have to just <coughs> put you in a headlock a second here and drag you back to the studio. Uh, smoke. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that we, we all, said it earlier. all love. Well, not really. Not really. Right. We said it could happen on a gas barbecue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Smoking woods. Smoking woods and smoke. Right. Delete this episode. Let's go back. I'm just going to delete you because I asked you where we're going next, and you've just yeah, taken us to a point well, of no return. This but is anyway. the thing of right. <sighs> I'm in charge, so you messed it up. Yeah. Anyway, oh. right. <laughs> I'm going to bring it back now. Uh, you're back with Dan, and I'm taking over again. So you're this in safe is, hands. This is awkward. <laughs> right, uh, smoking woods, guys. Nobody ca- oh. Carry on. Do you have? And this is going to take me off on a tangent already because I'm going to start with dust. Uh, don't dust. use dust to hot smoke. You use dust to cold smoke. A CSG, which is a cold smoke generator from Pro-Q, is an amazing bit of kit. 
looks Ooh, like a little maze. Pun, no pun intended. <laughs> looks like a little uh, a little maze, and you put your dust in. Mm. You put a little candle, a little uh, tea light candle on one end, and after about a minute, you'll have a luscious smoke for about. Well, depends how much you fill it up and stuff like that. But for about twelve hours. And it will burn out smoking stuff without putting out any any temperature at all. So no worries about it, uh, anything going wrong with the food or it getting to a, an unsafe zone temperature or anything like that. So you use your dust to cold smoke. Uh, I also have happen to have a tube, which is very similar to the Amazon tube, mm-hmm. which is uh, from the US. And that uses pellets. And you can use pellets for... You can use pellets for hot smoking, I guess. I just wouldn't advise it. You can use uh, those for cold smoking too. So you fill your tube up, light one end, and it burns down there nice and slowly, and, and it works really well as well. Mm-hmm. So those two there are great for cold smoking. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to move on to your chips. My chips? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I let's just move on to chips. Yeah. Well, for now, what you're seeing a lot of is chips around and, and, I don't know, sort of, I guess chips are probably the first thing that I bought when I first started smoking. Yeah. And again... Most supermarkets sell them and yeah. garden centres and I don't really like, like that. <laughs> they don't last as long, do they? That's no, the I don't really thing. like them. <laughs> I do use them still quite a bit because of having them. Yeah, because you can't smoke. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> right. This is just... He's just turned his mic off. Right, he's going home. Now we, you're I'm back, back with his... Now. Oh, no, he's back. <laughs> right. Uh, chips. Yes, chips. Right. I've got some they nice whiskey oak chips, though. Mm-hmm. They smell really good. Yep. And they do give a good smoke, but it just doesn't last very long. No. You put, chuck a handful on and they're mm. burnt out in a minute. Mm. Uh, but actually, yeah. For me, if I'm grilling something, mm-hmm. like uh, direct, up close and personal grilling... I think you can actually chuck a full of a handful of chips in there, mm-hmm. or you could chuck a handful of pellets in there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really say chuck a handful of sawdust on there. I just don't see it happening. But never tried it. But anyway, Probably just will float up on. Yeah, the food. Uh, yeah. So you chuck that on there, and I think actually that could impart a nice little smoky flavour mm. into a bit of grilling, give you a little smoky edge. Chips will last longer if you soak them. Though. So mm. I've done that for a bit. Yeah, soak them in water for like an hour or so. Yeah. Not really a fan of soaking either, but uh, make some last long. It's personal, just just personal thing, <laughs> just personal it's taste. It's not. That's a fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, don't go soaking them in whiskey and those stuff, guys. It that does won't make them last long. <laughs> that doesn't work. I'll make like, them burn uh, a lot yeah, faster. I want whiskey flavored chips. I'm going to soak my chips in whiskey. <laughs> no, <laughs> whiskey flavored chips and whiskey flavored chunks come from wood that has been used to hold whiskey for months. Years. years the rest of it so it's it's really had a chance to impart flavor whereas soaking your wood chips in a bottle of whiskey for half an hour or an hour a waste of is a waste whiskey. of good whiskey <laughs> uh, and there's only gonna if you put the chuck them straight onto the charcoal it's only gonna cause a flare-up uh, but anyway moving on you then have chunks mm-hmm. chunks is where i mm-hmm. decide that i want to join in this conversation because i love Chunks. You liked dust as well. Yeah, for cold smoking. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and no, I like chunks are the best. I like all wood. Wood smokes are fantastic, however you get it. Anyway, mm. but yeah, chunks. Chunks are the best. Chunks last forever. I sometimes actually genuinely do like cook, like big old cooks and like hours, cook for hours. Mm-hmm. Then close my vents off because I'm finished and I want to save the charcoal in it. So I close my vents off, shut it all off and then 
the next day because I'm lazy like that I open it all up and I've still got like next some, week <laughs> <laughs> I've still got a, like half a chunk left where yeah. it hasn't even smoked the whole thing mm. and I think like how economic mm. oh god Right, anyway. <laughs> and you definitely want to check out Smoke with Shack. Smoke with Shack are producing fantastic wood. Mm. They're producing uh, dust. They're producing planks. They're producing chunks. Yeah, everything we uh, just mentioned. This, everything uh, we just mentioned, they're producing. And also Procure putting out um, nicely measured chunks. They're mm. putting out a lot of chunks. And they've just released a new whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, whiskey oak barrel. Mm-hmm. And it is phenomenal. Like... Uh, when I was down visiting the pro you guys, Ty opened up a bag and I almost just fell over drunk. It was so good. <laughs> it, it genuinely smelled like you tell you just pour yourself a fresh glass of whiskey mm. uh, and take a whiff. It actually genuinely smelled like that. And it, it's it's a it was a single malt barrel that they've got and then that's what they're using and it's it's a fantastic product. So so guys check that out. And like I said, smoke with Shaq, they sell amazing quality wood and the service is phenomenal. Uh yeah. So back to chunks. There's so much experimentation going on, which is awesome to see. Yeah. And people are experimenting with all sorts. And yeah, that's great to see. And you've got to think of wood as a seasoning, as a flavor. Mm-hmm. That's what I would like to say now, as I have mentioned it already. Wood is a flavor and all different types of wood give a different flavor. Mm. Not all woods go well with all meats. No. Uh, and I would say that maybe to the average palate, a little bit of smoke from any wood would mm. pretty much go with anything. Mm. But when you start layering on flavours and stuff like that, there's mm. definitely certain woods work a lot better with certain things and certain woods work not as well <laughs> as other things. Some definitely have like a much heavier flavour, don't they? Mm-hmm. Like yep. darker almost in taste, do you know what I mean? It's yeah, definitely. It's a tricky like description to give it, but like that's what I feel like sometimes using certain like like the mesquite or something, it's got a real... Mesquite can yeah. go very wrong very quickly. Uh, mm. Be very careful with mesquite, use it. And and that's one of the woods you probably will see in chunks, uh, sorry, chips and stuff mm. in in like your supermarket. Be careful, you can go overboard very quickly with mesquite. Mm. It's a very powerful uh, tasting wood. So, And I do like it, I actually like mesquite flavour, mm. but you need to just be uh, careful. Uh, like for me, for me, like the hickory flavour kind of works well with pretty much everything. It's like a quite a nice light. I don't know. It just, just works for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go in ag- again and just say something there where, like, for instance, a lot of people are now using, like, woods that you would pair, like, for instance, like an orange wood. Mm. I'm going to use that with something that oranges go with. Mm. And, and yeah, you, you get that flavour. You get, like, a weird flavour. And, and how Matt described from his orange charcoal, you get, like, a like a rich sort of marmalade if you didn't put the sweetener in the marmalade, mm. like that rich sort of uh, orangey flavour from the charcoal. And and you do. So so like for instance you could pair up specific things with specific things. So mm. like apple woods, stuff like that with pork, mm. pork like your apple. cherry and so yeah, your your classic mm. pork and apple mixture there. And they give a different flavour. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, experiment with woods, mix woods. Yeah. Uh, woods that you was can, new to me until a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, you can chuck a bit of cherry on and a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of this. And again, like, it sounds weird, but you do eat with your eyes and certain woods give certain colour smoke. So, oh, not coloured smoke, sorry, but coloured, they leave a coloured finish on the meat. So, like, a cherry actually leaves a 
a really nice rich sort of red color so if you want to go with something like that for a particular presentation or, or whatever mm. i actually feel it gives a really nice red finish mm. uh i just thought of this could be where chips come back and claw it in for you a bit ready for this innovation maybe <laughs> like you said if we're going to combine like some woods together sometimes if you do only want a little bit of something then a handful of mesquite chips maybe with a bigger lump that you're going for your core flavor could be a good option for you it could indeed and there we go mm. there we've we've just thrown back in the mix some some chips maybe maybe there is a future in my life for chips <laughs> but uh we'll have to find let's out let's get some i'll order some now smokewood <laughs> smokewood shack what do you want then could we have <laughs> some chips please uh but yeah uh that brings me nicely back to back to black boards boards oh yeah smoking planks planks mm. when i went silent there it's because you couldn't think of the i word couldn't plank. think of the word plank and you looked at me That's and weird, i looked at him <laughs> and i said boards hoping that he would jump in with the word planks and he did sort of but he took a little bit longer than what i expected anyway i thought you uh, look at me <laughs> referring to me as a plank yeah, well a rude. <laughs> anyway yeah planks guys plank cooking and uh, was it john gower that wrote the great mm. bit about planking in, in the, the UK first barbecue uk barbecue mag mm-hmm. episode i believe i believe i believe and mm. uh kelly bramwell dreaming of the good life she's done some bits on on planked fish and mm-hmm. other bits uh smoke with shack sells some awesome planked yep. planks of wood mm-hmm. uh, check them out guys they sell them in different sizes for different like cuts and if say you're doing like a whole family worth of fish fillets or something or you're doing a whole fish they do all sorts so check them out guys uh yeah planks are a great way of imparting flavor in uh, smoking flavor into into certain things uh and again you soak them like you do soak the chips uh yeah. to stop them burning out too quickly because you can use them directly over or you tend to use them directly over charcoal mm-hmm. uh i mean that's another thing i just want to touch on there i wouldn't bother soaking your chunks don't need to yeah, don't I've believe in it that. never done it and like I said, I've cooked for hours and still had chunk left. So mm. th- there's no point. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there is no point. They work very hard. Well, good companies like Smokewood Shack and ProQ work very, very hard to create a controlled environment to bring their wood down to a certain moisture level, etc., and age it perfectly for your consumption. Do not then go and put it in a bucket of water for a few hours. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Do not do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Getting a bit jazzy. You're very demanding, aren't you? I know. I, I, so the worst thing is I'm an extremely opinionated person and mm, I... Probably the wrong person for this. Yeah. Right. So we, <laughs> we find someone else. We bring someone else in there. Anyone else want to come do this job? Uh, but yeah. What Where were we with planks? Uh, John Gower. Yeah, we, we just did <laughs> salmon. We just pushing it his way. <laughs> yeah, John, ask him. you deal with planks. <laughs> and Kelly, you deal with planks. No, uh great way of cooking a completely different mm. again like a whole new realm of something else to try check that out guys in the uk barbecue mag and dreaming of the good life food blog with you kelly used them on the great british barbecue often i did indeed i used mm. them to cook fish on there mm. they're great really really great for fish but actually they're good for a lot of other things as well mm. and it's worth experimenting with salmon's the thing that you always see really isn't it it's yeah yeah, yeah. typical thing if you see the hairy bikers who are even cooking on Wooden planks of salmon. Those hairy bikers. Those little jazzy bikers. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I've actually seen the the Shank Brothers 
mm-hmm. were doing their chef's choice. We're doing like a triple brie and nuts and all sorts of other stuff going on that was looked insane that they cooked on little mini cedar plank. You had me at triple brie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just want to say like that's something that I'm really, really enjoying at the minute is the, the chef's choice. I think that's mm. really completely killing the barbecue game, like completely opening it up to like, I don't know, just making people... <sighs> Like I don't know, just completely changing the game. Mm. Completely seeing the sort all of about stuff. For me, though, that the variety and creating yeah. these cool things the and creativity, not just doing the same, the thing. finesse, mm. the sort of gourmet food. Mm. Like I don't know, like your Michelin star, like sort of knocking on stuff uh, is really coming out of these barbecue competitions in the Chef's Choice, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Mm. I have to say, it's my favorite category. Mm. I'm, I'm, it's really opening. Like all sorts of, I don't know what. You just don't know what you're going to get, do you? No. Just, just amazing creations come out of No, yeah. What? It's fantastic to see, and I'm really enjoying that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got nothing to do with starting off barbecuing. No. But, <laughs> guys, check it out. If you want, if you're like, if you're the cook that sort of smashed the indoor kitchen area and you're looking to move outdoors, then it's a way for you to sort of finesse and, and do a bit of that, bit of flair, impress people out side of the traditional routes mm-hmm. a little bit different maybe i mean because obviously a perfectly cooked rack of ribs or brisket or pork or some one of your other normal standard chicken chickeny goodness dishes are gonna blow people's socks off mines and everything else when cooked properly but if you want something a little bit different check those things out guys yeah. uh i guess like my final thing we haven't scripted this bit we haven't like decided on we haven't scripted anything ever Not to be honest yeah, scripted but anything but out of our bullet points of things that we might want to talk about we um what about what would you recommend people's like first cook that they go for if they've just got all of this kit that we've just told them to buy they've come home what are they going to cook first i have to say i would go with a pork shoulder personally mm-hmm. yeah they're very very forgiving so like it's pretty hard to mess them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like yeah, if the temperature flies up, they're fairly forgiving. If anything, you'll get a really nice bark on the outside. So yeah. that's something I tend to do with with my pork shoulders. Anyways, is uh, is I like a little bit of hotter temperature. But anyway, mm. so they're very forgiving. Mm-hmm. And actually, when you pour them out the smoker, like a five kilo pork shoulder or something like that, well, don't you don't have to go that big. But okay, I would say yeah, go for it. Mm. When you pull it out the smoker, like people are gonna be impressed. Mm-hmm. Minds are gonna be blown. When you pull it, because like it's like I said, it's like really, really hard to get wrong. Stick a probe in it, take it to a temperature, and it's gonna pull. Mm. And then you're gonna have this delicious pulled pork, which everyone's gonna be into because pulled pork's become like the fashion word. But real good home pulled yeah, pork is proper amazing. pulled pork with a proper smoky flavour. Mm. That's been rubbed with whatever you want from barbecue gourmet, <laughs> smoked over whatever you want from smoked with shag <laughs> or procure. <laughs> and uh. you're going to have like this absolutely amazing, amazing, amazing like centerpiece that you've cooked in the barbecue. Minds are going to be blown. It's very forgiving, quite hard to get wrong. And, and yeah, uh, that is what I'd go for. What nice. what do you think? 
Yeah, it is a tricky question, and that's why I asked it to you. But I'm 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 pretty agreeing on this the pulled pork because that is one of the first. I think that's almost like why I wanted a barbecue in the first place was that I really want to make awesome pulled pork. But my other thing that I on really on the flip w- side, you never want to eat pulled pork from anyone else ever. Well, no. <laughs> it's anything not from a proper barbecue. Compare, like yeah, <laughs> you go to like these places now, and you got pulled pork this and yeah, pulled, pulled pork that, pork wrap, pulled and you pork. literally can't eat it anymore because it's just. Not not, not pulled pork. <laughs> uh, probably makes you quite angry, actually. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, sorry, you're about to say something before I rudely, yeah. rudely. Well, I'm, just, I'm torn to be honest because like part so of my re- when I first started, I actually really, really wanted a pizza oven, and we haven't really talked about that at all. But the ceramic obviously does offer that, and a wood-fired pizza was like something I was really after. But it probably wouldn't be my recommended thing for the first time to cook definitely wood-fired pizzas do taste amazing but i reckon everyone that starts out in barbecue is going to be wanting to go for ribs aren't they really yeah and like cooking fall off the bone pork ribs is tends to be (laughs) tends to be what what people (laughs) actually want do you know what i mean like uh, you you know we differ a little even between me and you that i actually don't like it as, as falling off the bone as you do but that is the like thing that when it's you like start steak, off. guys. Come on, forgive barbecue forte. It's <laughs> like steak. People like their steak cooked differently. Mm. Yes, there is a right way to like steak rare, mm. but people like it differently. Mm. Barbecue forte was actually talking about ribs. How I like them. Mm. I like my ribs, rib man style, fall off the bone, like taken mm. to that pulled pork sort of level. Mm. That's how I like them. Uh, I like them. The taste like that, but I like the like you cleanliness like and just like yeah. Off bite into it and yeah. it feels feels right which is competition standard mm. like either your bite mm. and i think maybe i've just come from that way of like i've looked at ribs from how to competition cook it that yeah, must be the best like, way to oh cook no, it so. that's not how you cook pork ribs oh no oh no dan's off oh, on one again go away <laughs> Go no, we're gonna have away. to stop now because you're just getting <laughs> too grumpy off. now turn his mic off no you must be too hungry yeah I saw really this talk about food. It's made us hungry, <laughs> made us grumpy. I think we should go and eat something. Yeah, I'm going to go buy a steak on the way home and just go crazy on the chimney griller. Oh! <laughs> you always dirty these days, though. I am a bit of a dirty... Oh. Dirty caveman. <laughs> yeah, well, that is a conversation for a different day, isn't it? Yep. Right. That's the wrong podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that's been a good session. I think we've talked through like the ins and outs. I think we've gone off on a bit of a tangent, maybe. But yeah, but more that's what we do, me. isn't it? Really? I don't really ever go off that tangent. Well, you know that ranty, right? Ranty Shahin. Yeah, so I just want to thank you all for tuning in, guys. It's been a. I've really enjoyed it. I think we've covered mm. most stuff here. We've gone a little bit over time. Oops. When I say a little bit over time, we've gone twenty-three minutes over time. Really? Uh, yeah, but I feel we thought we were under. Yeah, no, we've covered a lot <laughs> of stuff here, uh, but yeah. Maybe oh, we're late. dip into go. this one and dip out of this one as you please. But thanks for tuning in, guys. We've recorded yet another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. 23 minutes longer than usual. As always, we are brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pit masters. What's wrong? <laughs> You're both funny faces. Yeah. And uh, 
You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Proggy Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker or looking to upgrade, or even look to pick up some epic accessories, check them out over at maxbarbecue.com. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with the top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness and you provide the talent. So if you are looking for smoking wood chunks, dust, chips, planks or more, then head on over to smokewoodshack.com and you can find them on Twitter at smokewoodshack. Thanks, guys. So that's goodbye from me and goodbye from me. See you next time. Bye.